what it is what's up not much energy in the cut uh back from uh with another video and this one a podcast not a video this one is not going to be too too, too long because i simply a i know you guys don't want to hear the ac but it's literally impossible for me to maintain my body uh temperature with just me so i'm kind of at a point where i I keep the AC on, and I put something hot on to counter out, counteract it. it. It's just, it's tough, dude. It really is tough. But um, I'm trying my hardest, you know? I'm trying my hardest. And going along with that train of thought, um, I am a quote-unquote breakthrough case. Although, and it's the point of what I want to do here. I'm a case that had about two weeks left of, I guess... I mean, I know it's a waning basically every day from your first dose is like a card depreciation off the lot. But in essence, I have about two days, two months, two weeks, two weeks of uh, worthwhile coverage per the uh, studies that have been wafting around. I have Moderna, uh, not Pfizer, which Israel was largely uh, using. Um, I'm just trying to really just give my, I guess, testimonial is a strong word because i don't really think i'm anything special but i really wanted to make this to say that when people have these arguments about and my my dad who's an anti-vaxxer who called me last night was preaching this it's like oh you can still get it when you vaccinated and i don't even see why you would get it but you know just just ignoring the fact that it's been empirically proven that vaccinated people get it not as bad in the majority since ignoring that um the the spread and the able to both receive and spread uh those qualms that people have primarily neutral to anti-vaccine people i think it's important to understand that statistics with this are not entirely contextualized I have not, I, I spent a good bit even before contracting COVID-19, uh, likely the Delta strain based on how and how quickly I got it. Um, what was I trying to say? It's not a brain fog, I just really don't remember what I was trying to say. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so essentially what kind of happened was I was in an elevator. Uh, I had had my mask on before getting onto the elevator. I took it off when it was empty. Um... Some chicks hopped on, very drunk, very white. If you live in Auburn, Auburn cases, as bad as they have jumped, which they were 60 last week and they're 421 this week. So very, very bad. It's still disproportionate. I mean, not disproportionate. It's still not an entire coverage of how many cases there are. Because people like that, that look perfectly fine, you know, as much as drunk white women attend college can. Um... I, you know, I kind of had, I fit, because I mean, I've been hearing that a lot of people that knew they were COVID positive were still going to the bar. So I had a bad feeling in my gut, but because of my shitty lack of self-esteem, I didn't put my mask on once I got onto the, or once they got onto it. I just wrote it out probably about 20 seconds, maybe. Um, And long story short, I think I had symptoms really Monday. But maybe late Sunday too, but I know Monday. And and it's quicker. It's way quicker. But I haven't had anything crazy yet. This would, I guess, theoretically be my fourth date with symptoms. And I had 
a manageable but you know present fever a little bit of dizziness which you would also get in the COVID-19 vaccine at least I did so that's kind of what I liken it to um it kind of lasting I guess head discomfort it was a bad headache uh yesterday but I would say more of a discomfort now uh just a general level fatigue that I can still get around and walk and all that I just don't really want to uh occasional you know sore legs uh I have nerve I pretty sure I have nerve issues in my back my lower back to where it I have a kind of a, a wafting pain off and on but you know occasionally but this is like a hot like this is like muscles are being fucked up type of uh heat so a little bit different um and all that goes along with that so I said all to say that I still believe that even as someone who has very little, relatively speaking, antibodies, I still think it's worth it to get vaccinated, even as a breakthrough case, because I think I've had it better. I mean, if my fever really permanently breaks and the brain fog starts kind of subsiding uh, sooner rather than later, my little brother, who's half my age, far more active, uh, probably he's worse than I do, but, you know, what can you do? Um, All that goes along with that, you know, presumably a healthier immune system i think he had it as bad as i did if not marginally worse which is i said to say that somebody who's on the, the last tail legs of their vaccine still has like very young child type defense which is good i mean as you really get into it with the numbers the younger you get essentially it's been the less likely you are to contract covid although his school was being beaten down uh by undercover cases underreported cases and i mean even here's a funny thing and i'm gonna pause here and kind of get into i really want to talk about the underreporting aspect of it and how it relates to my state's government but you don't have to necessarily report cases anymore to the proper you know like the parents or the kids blah 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 you can do it as a courtesy but as i understand you don't have to report that anymore I think it's through some kind of protection that was given to certain institutions by the state over the summertime. So that's something to keep in mind. But, um, yeah, so they, I think you operate under about 120 cases as of, uh, I think in total in this elementary school, but that's like, that's like probably like one tenth, if not higher of the total kids at that school. So, I mean, that's not, that's not great to, to be honest with you. That's not the, the greatest news of all time. And it just goes from there. Uh, let me see. Total attendance. I'm trying to get more accurate percentage. I just throw numbers out there. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, oh my God, this is a case. Dude. This is this is bad. So, as they put it, and I fucking ad blocker. As they put it, there's about 549 students at that at that place. And it, I'm going to look at it one more time to see exactly what the, the case numbers were. But that would be one-fifth of the total student population having contracted COVID. And these are kids, which, you know, for whatever reason, they've shown, I guess, more resistance than not against COVID, uh, and, and at least with the prior strain. So that's a lot. So here's a transparency report. Um, so I forgot. Okay, so my numbers what I saw a total number somewhere, but essentially it had people. They they reported it as people that were currently 
I guess, recently in a classroom, and they said 13. But I saw a number somewhere was like a total amount, but whatever. The point being, they don't have to report that stuff. And I think that's, I mean, it's nice that they are reporting it just to report it, but I, I think it's, they should be forced to. Anyway, to close out this uh, segment, no matter how many cases you think are around you with Delta, which I think is multitudes easily, uh, multitudes more virulent than the predecessor, there's far more fucking people. Which is what, here's the funniest thing. People were saying this shit with the previous strain, and there was far more people than, well, far more sick people than we thought. And motherfuckers want to say, oh, it's overreported, because hospitals really want to have more people, and they really want to get more money, blah, blah, blah. Now hospitals are fucking being beaten to shit. Uh, they can't even staff enough people. And I guess that dumbass fucking talking point got retired last year. But as we can see, all numbers reporting are going to be underreported because there's people that look perfectly normal. And I mean, really, right now, it's like, like I thought I had allergies. I just want to close that on. I thought I had allergies. I have bad allergies to pollen. And it, it's almost the exact same symptoms for the most part. What got me was even I even have a kind of rough throat with bad allergies because of the postnatal drip. But I just found I just had a, a bad throat, just period, about pause. And then I had the kind of fatigue, and that's when I was like, okay, this is normal. And then I had like these other things that really depicted it. But all I would say is if you see somebody with even cold or allergy-like symptoms, Avoid a motherfucker like the plague. Alright, so here's the meat of the situation for me. This is what I want to talk about. The politics behind what's happening currently. And then I'll even speak to the end game. And I'll tell you right now from the jump, I don't know what the end game is. Because the boosters appear to have, at least with uh, Johnson Johnson... A nine point times higher um, antibody production against the, like, I'm assuming they're testing against the Delta. And then um, I believe the, I don't know if Pfizer and Moderna have had boosts. I don't, I don't want to just say some random numbers, but I would presume it'd be somewhere around the same way. I think Moderna is stronger than Pfizer currently, like their base vaccines against Delta. Um, I'll go to Pfizer since that's the one most people are going to want to take. Uh, uh, I can't, I can't find it. I don't, I can't, I can't find the numbers. I don't know what. I just see J and J. I don't, I don't see the, uh, the other ones. All right, well, they're both they're, they're getting out there for September, so I'm sure they exist, but uh, that's, that's a good question. So, anyway, I think boosters will definitely help. To I mean, as of right now, a lot of people that are vaccinated and still early in that process or early in that uh, protection are still doing well. So I think this will virtually, I think, get you back to a point where with the previous strain, if, you have, if you're vaccinated, you're pretty much, you didn't die from COVID. Like, Almost entirely, it would be hard fought to find people who died from COVID with the previous uh, boost or previous vaccines. I think they are aiming to get to that point. Now, I have some people going to say, 
what's the point of that when you have other strengths that's coming? I mean, these clearly have seen have some level of kind of catch all uh, where they defend against a lot. I don't think they're necessarily defending because I mean, even when I see the statistics or these facts by uh, Pfizer, the booster dose elected significantly higher neutralizing antibody teeters uh, against the initial SARS-CoV-2 virus uh, wild type and the beta and delta variants compared to the levels observed after the two-dose primary series. So that's the one from Wuhan, the, I guess, primary one that took over the the, uh, country coming from uh, the United Kingdom last year, and then Delta, which, Lord knows I don't need to tell you people about what the fuck Delta is. Um, Let's see, they don't have any, they don't have any numbers. Let me see. I mean, it literally just says they're higher. That's all the, the 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 words say. They don't have explicit numbers. But I guess you don't want to. A lot of people, I guess, wouldn't understand the numbers. But for what I, I actually saw a chart that broke that shit down. But okay, okay, here we go. So initial data shows booster dose of current vaccine, uh, six months after second dose of the previous one, the second dose, has an overall consistent tolerability profile while eliciting SARS-CoV-2 neutralization teeters uh, greater than five to, well, five to eight times for wild type was kind of the the um, the ceiling. And then five to 21 times for beta variant, the range achieved after two primary doses. Post-dose three teeters versus the Delta variant are five-fold post-dose two teeters, eight, Okay, so 18 to 55-year-olds have a five times, I guess, higher defense than the previous uh, vaccine. And 65 to 85-year-olds have an 11-fold higher protection. That's how I kind of read that. I guess I'll link it after finishing that sound and let you guys see it yourself if you want to. But um, the point being, we have Pfizer, which is very evident to be a very protective thing with very little in the way of um, fatalities. I know some problems early on where they had some issues and Moderna actually was safer, but as times progressed, both have pretty much mitigated, I think, severely, but I think Moderna does have some light myocarditis uh, concerns. I think it was being worked out, but it still seems like Moderna is on track to be fully approved of itself by the end of the year. So you have two vaccines. You have Johnson Johnson, which a lot of people are trying to finally come around on. I know they had their own blood clot issues, but people seem to want, you know, the one dose just because it's one dose. So there's that too. Um, and I was just like, what's, what's to me, the end game has to be at least mandating vaccines in, in large, large swaths of communities. You're not going to have it from a lot of Southern governments uh, they didn't have a lot from a lot of governments, period, really. I mean, there's some that might have... Like, I think New York mandated it on just about every level with, with schools, for example, which is huge. I mean, that's that's the probably the most wide-ranging um, concern group currently is pretty much the kids that don't have any protection, the least protected group. And then the um, kind of the, the late teens to early adults... And I think most of the schools will uh, have that mandated too. So you pretty much get most of the more concerning individuals from a spread perspective down wraps. 
So if you can do that, I, it does clearly show, even with the beating the hell version of the vaccines from Delta, that you still reduce spread on some level. Now, with a booster, you think that would go back up? How much? I'm not sure. But the point being, spread will decrease from vaccinated people with the booster shot. But the thing is, as with, like, if you took, if you took, like, let's say you prescribed six antibodies, you took four, it's, it's relatively likely chance, and I'm just mean four pills, six pills, relatively high chance that if that thing doesn't get, for some reason, removed from those four, which it shouldn't, it's going to come out a lot stronger, and you're going to have a lot less value from that uh, previous two pills if you were to take them. A, a, a consistent and followed schedule is important. If you had, like, polio, where, like, only some people took polio and some people didn't, polio was still a problem to the day. And, I mean, it's just, I, I know it's lofty goals, like 80%, 85%. I think I think it's say with the current vaccines, you're looking at about I think 85% or 80. But that's what the current vaccines. You would think that would go back down, which is about 70 with the previous ones back in the previous strain. You think it would go back down with a stronger booster being the uh being frequently pushed to the half the country that is vaccinated. I believe, let's see, uh Americans vaccinated. I think about half the country is fully vaccinated. Okay. What the fuck? Percentage. Why does a Google fuck me over so much, bro? So this is updated seven hours ago. And 51.6% has been fully vaccinated. So half the country, assuming they want to go back in, let's just say like 50% of that 51.6%. They'll have basically be where they were at this time five, six months ago. And then you say with the Moderna, Pfizer, blah, 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 being vaccinated. uh, Let's say you get to, I don't know, 55 to 60 percent fully vaccinated, which is lofty as fuck. Half the country has been very angry against vaccines. So let's say somehow. Fuck. Shit, it sucks. Let's say you somehow get higher than that. It's very uh, unlikely, so to speak, that uh, you get that 80% or 70%. But I think the end game would be you want to get cases even lower than they were three, four months ago where they were like almost, I think, I think they were either close or just about at four digits. Pretty close. If you could get that down to, I think, about 5,000 to in some miracle situation, 1,000 with enough adoptability. I think you can say the pandemic, at least in this country, would be largely done, but the problem is that... <laughs> the problem has been, and will continue to be, is that we have a wealth of doses, and the rest of the... Almost 99% of the countries are, are basically fucking terms of doses, so... There's no way that this doesn't end at some point, but to even think it ends in 2022 would be, would be lofty. Um, even with, with mandates across the board uh, in this country, it's, we're not going to close airports. We're not going to do an Australia or New Zealand. We're not going to close airports. So we're always going to have the possibility of, you know, other countries that have not even close to a uh, herd immunity just basically having vaccines make them stronger than in turn make some viruses stronger, uh, this virus being COVID-19. 
and it'll always make it back over here because we're just gonna close shit down. We're not doing a little lockdown. I can tell you right now, there will be a national vaccine mandate on every level of society before we do another uh, lockdown. That's not happening. They they didn't even when we were having like 350 cases a day or some shit like that. They didn't have a do. They didn't do that at all. And we're probably gonna hit. I would imagine. 300 by next week in the next couple of weeks because I mean it's moving vaccines are moving but it's just like this thing is like pretty much tearing through all the unvaccinated which is again it's about half the country um give or take and then I think it might be less than half but tearing through about half the country and then it's also picking off some people that are picking off in a strong term uh some people that are vaccinated so I say it to say your state especially you live in my region, is not doing enough to help you by mandating things such as schools. I contracted it from school students. I was, I would say I'm probably the top 25 percentile of safety measures, maybe top 20. Um, And it got to me. So I think it get to most people pretty easily unless you are just, you know, pretty much withdrawn shut-in, which, I mean, some people look down on on that, but if you are withdrawn shut-in, you don't get COVID. So it's like, not like 99% of times out of 100 you don't get COVID so I mean I can't blame you food delivery I'll be doing that um I probably you know I probably should have been going out to eat less uh I'm just looking back on shit you know I probably should have when I would go to hoop I would hoop without a mask on um probably should you know I don't I don't know if I can wear that I just it's fucking impossible to hoop with a fucking mask on but um probably should have been dapping dudes up less all that shit and I mean to me my problem is self-esteem you know I just want to fit in on some base level and you know kind of like a lot of other people I just kind of dropped my guard severely after the past summer where things were pretty nice I would say I got fucked up and I just hope that we get to a point with vaccinations where even if you fuck up you'll be fine and we have the number we have the we've had enough vaccines to reach herd immunity for like since I think April or May, I want to say one of those two. We've had enough vaccines to reach herd immunity since about four months, give or take. That's bad, dude. That we haven't got to shit yet. So I mean, keep that in mind, man. I hope you all have a good day. This wasn't meant to be a, a kind of agenda pushing thing, but there's just there's not politics around the vaccine. The vaccine helps. There's not politics. There's nothing to that. It is helpful. All vaccines have come in the middle of a pandemic. As long as they have been tested, which this one has been thoroughly tested, it just skipped a lot of bureaucracy, but this one has been thoroughly tested, have helped. That every single pandemic has helped. So this isn't, this is not all politics. And I just want to really beat that into some dude's head. Especially if you are on the other side of this, the quote unquote anti vaxxers which I know is kind of libel, slanderous, whatever. But if you really don't want to get a vaccine, you are not allergic to anything, you don't have medical conditions or religious exemptions, you are being an anti-vaxxer in a slanderous way. Especially if you're spreading bullshit, which those people are the worst. What it is, what's up, uh, here's a podcast that I may have for you in the cut, um, the Telesis is a subtle podcast, and here's another chapter done in the COVID saga of my life, 
I don't know why I keep on making people listen to this shit. I mean, the two or three people that listen to this podcast at all. But I still have ideas. It's just in a very uh, tired and fatigued body. The idea today is how much would you take from your favorite artist before you're like, nah, this rollout isn't enough. This rollout is too much. Material isn't enough. I think for a lot of Kanye West fans and for a lot of people that make money off of Kanye West the entity they've met that cross race across roads uh, shout out to Cody Rhodes and shout out to Chris Benoit uh, t- pretty soon I would say pretty pretty quickly Listen to Party 1 this you know one off event um in Atlanta, I, I believe the official listening party one is the first one in Atlanta. The actual official number one, I thought was the one from um, Las Vegas, but both of those pretty much have no value to the majority of people because, from what I understand, people can't even understand what's being played in listening party one for the most part. So there's that. And listening party two, the second one that took place in Atlanta after I believe about two weeks of working on it. Uh, I believe the album was turned in even on uh, that one if I remember correctly and still yet we got of course no album as you all know so then we flash forward to Listen Them Party 3 which I believe is about 2 or 3 weeks between 2 and 3 uh, developed in Chicago home of obviously Kanye West uh, I believe his mother's also from Chicago uh, I may be wrong about that one but you know resided in Chicago for quite a while herself and to that effect I think a lot of things felt like they'd be in place for him to drop that project then and it seemingly came and went to where there was no project Friday uh, it was turned in Friday Friday per HDD uh, pre-orders were changed uh, the price was dropped on the official website everything was there outside of the actual artist himself confirming whether the project would be dropping and after two days uh, well I suppose a night and a day, it seemingly did not appear as it would drop. Flash forward to Sunday, and then you have what? 7 a.m. You have Kanye West dropping a party. Holy, oh my god, wow, 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 Kanye. Comes to find out that Kanye himself did not put the project out. The people who make money off of Kanye West that wanted an album said, You have to put out an album, and the album was out there. and digital streaming platforms and it was pushed out and there's now an album and Kanye may not may be happy I'm not sure but my, my initial thought is at some point you gotta just say fuck the artist and his rollout decisions there's some very copious rollouts in Kanye West's history some very interesting ones as of late for just about any artist you have the blonde I mean not blonde well I guess it's probably about the endless slash blonde you have the Certified Lover Boys, you have Views by Drake, you have all these crazy, kooky rollouts that, you know, some deliver in experience of themselves. I think some people will consider Abel Tesfaye's uh, After Hours a very interesting and efficient rollout that did a lot to, I think, raise the status of that project. Uh, and then you have some that pretty much, I think, doled the hype significantly. If you ask me, Donda would be a project that was far more hype if it came out at the LP2. I think that was a relative peak. I think you had the most hype based off around the uh, the flying to the moon, no Shinji Ikari, um, 
some of the new songs off there that would become very uh, massive. And then, you know, some new songs came out in LP3 that people love. And then there's the Donda moment. I'm not Donda, but um, the Kim Kardashian moment. Uh, there's Marilyn Manson, the Booby, who are also prominent. Uh, there's some moments with some people that LP3 is relevant for being featured. But I just think that the rollout just killed what should have been, uh, I think, a particularly hyped album. There's some songs that I think would be very hyped if they came out in LP2. They would have had about a month of, you know, syndication at this point. Uh, I think Junior Watanabe would have been a very successful song. After after we left the first one, I think that's one of the first songs that really hit status. Uh, Off the Grid was a big one. Hurricane was a big one. That one went through quite a few alterations. And also in LP2, I mean, the Jay-Z song, Did the Rounds, would have been another good reason to drop that. He uh, gets the locks on, I believe it is Jesus Lord and Jay Electronica. And uh, both of those features, well, I guess all three of those features, do quite a bit of uh, numbers for, you know, various reasons. And it just seemingly feels like the artist at this point, the artist known as Kanye West, maybe soon to be just yay, uh, has completely lost a sense of notion on how hype matters to his process. I don't think he cares about hype. I think he does have things at this point for the significance of it, but on the same level, if it was up to his device, he would just kept on editing the project. And this is a project clearly being better than LP1 and this uh, it's, it's, it's just I, I, it's working his mechanisms and the sequencing and the stuff like to that degree it's inflated in my opinion it reached this could not have been his final verse he could have had you know a couple things more he wanted to cut off some songs he didn't want on there but you have essentially a four track EP at the end of this project uh, after I believe what is it called Come Home to, to Me track 23 the four songs after that essentially feel like I don't know where this needs to be at. This is already an almost two-hour project. I want these songs on here. I don't know what to do with them. Which, I mean, sequencing issues is something that Kanye West has pretty much dealt with for the past, I guess, eight years now, give or take. And it's clearly been something that's had an effect on the music outwardly since The Life of Pablo. And it's just, you know, I mean, what, what can you do? You know, what, what can you do as the fan to understand both that there is a credible, tangible, nearly put together work that you want to listen to a ton, but you need to let the artist continue doing what he wants to do. And I don't know what that would have been for Kanye. I think LP2 was probably 20-ish minutes, if not shorter than um, than LP3. It felt like a more concise project. It felt like when I was least less boring, but obviously, cinematography of it all was what really made that notable so it's like would that have been with the more boring and less active streaming um uh, a show such as LP3 had would that have been less liked I don't know but most people seem to generally leaving from LP3 they also watched LP2 seem to prefer that one anyway so I just think that I think people offer up one less. Uh, I mean, I, it's just a runtime where you are pretty much in a sense of, I don't know, uh, paralysis while listening to this because it's a good project. I mean, it's 
There's good moments from front to back. But it's just asking too much of any person to listen to a 27 song project that's not like the fucking keys of life. <laughs> like it's, I, it's, it's, it's just difficult to listen to anything like that. And then this is a project that like, even it's not just long songs. It's like moments that you, you know, if you're not, if you're not somebody that's been raised around the gospel, the choir, then you know the repetition. Even if you are somebody that has been, the repetition of those moments, there's certain emotion that's drawn out of that that makes. I mean, at the same level, a lot of people don't remember specific words to choir pieces. They remember emotions and vibes and moods and melodies and blah blah blah. And that's what Kanye has been trying to, I guess, do as a host of a choir, the Sunday service choir, for the past two years. And he tries to elicit that as best he can onto this with the moments of just choir praise. That do feel, to me, from a music perspective, repetitive in moments. But um, it's like, can you cut out your foundation of a song. So a lot of the time, like if I wanted to cut some of these out, it would be like two minutes out of a song. And they would just be verse to verse and they would just be like, this is a standard rap song now. Or it's just a standard, uh, I'm a rapper trying to do a little bit of a melody, kind of sing on key, blah, 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 blah. Like it's, it's such a delicate balance. And it's, I think you could tie this to a larger issue like, do we really know more than the artist? And I think a lot of times we don't. But Kanye is the one guy who like dangles it out in front of you. The easy decision is like, hey, you know, you got a good baby verse. Let's just cut out another song to make that work. Let's cut out the pop smoke song. Let's cut out an easy two minutes there. And a lot of times with this project, you know, if I do this, let me just look at it real quick to double check on kind of what I want to say here next. Spotify, done this. He already had it pulled up. Um, I mean, it's it's tough. Like, I, I jail is a four. The original jail is a four minute five fifty seven second song. This jail part two is a four minute and fifty seven second song, exactly the same length. Um, to me, I I just say cut out some of the the flab on that. Uh, maybe run a hook back one less time try to fit it on there, just make it a five-minute track, you know, Jay's verse is pretty forgettable, but, I, you know, cut out some of the, the, the whimsical and uh, nonsense on there, you can make that a five-minute track, uh, instead of just having almost ten minutes together of between those two songs, now you have just five minutes of one, I, I mean, I don't know, God breathe, I don't think it's something people really going to think about much going forward, for most people, the album starts with Off the Grid, so it's just like, I don't know, I would just say cut out God Breathe. I think you get past with that. Uh, I mean, and it, it's, it's, at some point, it's just hard. Because, you know, Jail is great. I mean, not Jail. Well, it's all right. But Off the Grid, Hurricane, Praise God, uh, Jonah. Uh, you know, okay, okay. It, you know, it's all right. Uh, Junior, Believe What I Say. I mean, this is some really good songs. It's like hard to just say cut out, right? Between, I would say, track track four to track 17 if you took this out 
and then made it a 13 song album in of itself would be one of the better sounding albums maybe not in terms of I think even with how much this album is taken around similar themes and built around similar ideas it still does not sound for here in moments which is kind of tough this isn't their official review or anything like that it's just kind of me just griping at this moment I suppose but I think you can make that an album and it would be good it's just I think he tried to make like two or three different albums in this even though again I will say there's some similar overarching themes that do make it feel like this has all been cooked together at the same time with the same idea in mind it's just that idea is like I think too encompassing I mean you can tell this at some parts in this that he did make this an ode to mother and family and blah 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 and all that you can you can always have an album with multiple themes don't get me wrong but if you have like I would say roughly seven eight songs that could be songs as interludes that could be a family album and you have like 12 or 13 that can be a gospel album more than that probably I, I don't I don't know I, I'd say you got to find a better blend between just sticking you know I, I would say that a good half point for me was Moon that's where I stopped at uh, but I don't know. I don't know the the line of demarcation is for everybody on this project, but I, I do know for a fact that it does feel like this is a product that probably was supposed to be a double album in construction, uh, and then somewhere along the way, kind of just said, just forget the line and let's just blend it all together. I don't know how the track listing was on previous listening parties. I don't know how that's changed, but I would definitely say this is something that probably should have been. Uh, I would, I would honestly been okay with just a Donda Part One and a Donda Part Two, even though I don't know if he's ever considered doing something like that. But I, I just, I think the best uses of this project would not have been making it all one album. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the. This is a concern I have from the jump because I don't know who's going to cut back at this point because we have a problem where Kanye has just done a lot. And then has either made nothing out of a lot, you know, the Turbograph S's, uh, Yandis, blah, blah, blah. Or he's done a lot and tried to just put a lot out there and he's recycled shit or chased it around or blah, blah, blah. Like Life of Pablo. And I guess this to some degree. It's just like, there has to be somebody. I don't know if it's Rick Rubin needs to be more involved. You know, Mike Dean's had more of input. I'm sure State's had less input than ever on this. Um, Somebody needs to be able to just step and be like, hey, Kanye, this needs to be not there. This needs to be not there. This needs to be split in half and another project 2022. There's just so many ways you could go about it. But it's just clearly clear that Kanye has had more and more power over the album construction in the past, since since the collapse of the last decade. And I think that the best usage of Kanye's talents would be for somebody to really get a wrangle on that that's it for me I, I just kind of a few different ways I could have went with this but I think I had a good time listening to this I would still say that if you took the best of this and put it in an album probably like an 18 minute album at the most I would say it's probably a top I don't know five Kanye joint maybe something like that it's hard to rank Kanye probably albums really it's, it's hard to really rate this album at all because I don't 
I genuinely don't believe this needs to be an hour and 48 minute project but the highs of it are some of the best music I've heard all year so it's like he still gave me quite a bit of good it's just I don't want all of this I just want a more concise version of this so how do you rate that I don't know but I'll leave it to y'all who's listening to this to decide that